Welcome to the Soul Mama podcast, where we have deep and honest conversations about healing, awakening, spirituality, and wellness on this sacred journey of conscious motherhood. We ask how we can walk this path in a way that nourishes, elevates, and heals us and our children. We deserve space and time to slow down and tune in to our hearts, to heal ourselves, and to honor our highest callings. It starts with us. I'm Nahanda Truscott-Reed. I'm a mother, holistic wellness coach, writer, and speaker, and I am passionate about all of the ways we can raise our consciousness and come into more alignment and power as women and mothers. So we can heal the past and make more empowered choices for the future. Our stories and voices matter. It is my intention that these conversations inspire, motivate, and move you on your own Soul Mama journey. I'm so honored that you're here. My guest this week is Layla B, an entrepreneur, mother, soulful change maker, and business mentor, and traditional Moroccan postpartum trainer. She currently lives in Dubai with her husband and their three children. She is also the author of the book Traditional Moroccan Wisdom to Heal the New Mother in the First 40 Days, which we go into in a lot more depth in this conversation. Enjoy. So Leila, welcome to the Soul Mama podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I first came across your work in a summit that you held on postpartum wellness and I saw that you had collated a fabulous array of women from all over the world but what really struck me was that you were going deep into your own experiences as a Moroccan woman and how that postpartum experience had really changed the way that you see postpartum care and I wondered if you could just give the listeners who may not know much about you or your work, a little bit of insight into your journey and how you've come onto this path. Yes, yeah, sure. I would love to. Um, and thanks for watching the summit. So basically, I'm a mother of three. So with my first uh, birth, I was led into this new journey of birth and postpartum and traditional healing and all these sorts of things, which I never, ever thought I would be into. <laughs> but with the birth, I had the negative birth experience and I had that birth in England because I'm also British, but I'm originally Moroccan and I grew up in Morocco. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I just thought, okay, that doesn't seem normal because I know that my both my grandmothers gave birth at home uh, they had traditional midwives who would come and help them and lots of people we knew, you know, my aunties. I knew that they had these nice natural births. It didn't have to be at home. I wasn't necessarily like seeking a home birth, but I was just thinking that a natural birth would happen naturally wherever I went. Right. But of course, in a hospital setting, things don't always go as planned. So from there, I thought I would educate myself and in turn, you know, it led me to help other women. And it started, you know, with conferences here in the UAE. And then from there, it led me more into looking into my own culture and the traditions that we have. Mm. And just out of curiosity, things would come to me. So we know this, this woman, she was helping my mom at home. And I came after I gave birth and my mom and my dad stayed with me, of course. So I gave birth to my 
second one here in Dubai, uh, but the third one in England. So after I stayed in England for a month with my parents, I went with them to Morocco, which is normal actually for, you know, someone to get all that support and postpartum care for at least, you know, 40 days. For me, it's like three months. This lady came over, she's called Nabila, and her mom's a traditional midwife, Kabila Amina, who I talk a lot about in my materials. And then she said, oh, did, did, did they close you? I was like, who's they and who, or what's this closing about? <laughs> I had heard something about Mexican uh, closing the bones. Right. And then later I went on to take her training in that just to see the similarities with the Moroccan one and I was so I was like first a bit confused and I was like I don't know what she's talking about and it just stuck in my mind and as time passed and I started to do more research I was like okay I need to know about these things so every time I would go back to Morocco I would spend a lot of time with any traditional midwives you know that I could find um, in the north of Morocco that's where I'm from and I would just sit with them for like hours and hours and ask millions of questions. And they would tell me about all the traditional rituals for new moms and the way it was, the way it's changing. And I was very much intrigued. And I thought, okay, every woman needs this. And I actually got to experience it for my third birth. So uh, this lady, Nabila, and her mom, Kabla, came to my parents' home in Tangier, Morocco. We sat down, we had tea, and then... Habla um, Amina gave me the traditional bath mm. um, and she brought you know this big bunch of apple mint with her that they just forage in the in the wild and it was mm. full of still full of ants and she, and she was laughing like what's happening so she just took me to the bathroom she set up everything she gave me a traditional bath her daughter Nabila started cooking uh, in the kitchen like the traditional postpartum dish um, our most famous is called uh, Rafisa, which is full of nutrients, protein, uh, everything you can think of that a new mom needs. So lots of lentils, garlic, fenugreek, more than 30 different spices. They're all like warming. <laughs> yeah. And the house smells amazing. And, and then they, after my hammam, they took me to the living room. They gave me a closing of the bones. And then, you know, after that, I was resting. My baby was with my mom, you know, everything was fine. And then we all sat around the table. We had the Rafisa, my brother was there, everyone was there so we could all join in. And you could actually feel that we're all like, oh, we're, we're sweating, it's getting hot <laughs> because the dish is meant to warm the new mom, but yeah. everybody else was getting really hot <laughs> and, and sweaty. So, so it was this experience actually on that day, I was like, oh my God, women are suffering even in countries who still have these traditional cultures it's getting less and less but in the west it's completely been you know gone extinct so i was like okay so i'm gonna try and bring that back and i want to share it with the world and so it led me to create online courses the online summit um my book so that's how motherhood got me started <laughs> wow what a story like literally just hearing the difference in the I guess the lack of reception that having a baby in England I know what that's like and mm. I just felt so underwhelmed like I literally I felt like I had just been through the most intense rites of passage to bring forth mm. life into this earth and 
then it was just like, okay, and here's the regular checkups and how much does your baby weigh? Mm -hmm. And it was so matter of fact. And then going back home, of course, family were happy, but the emphasis was on the baby. And Mm -hmm. it just felt like there was something missing. I had this real deep sense of this is not how it's supposed to be. Like there's something that just should be happening right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've since then went on my own journey of researching and really understanding, you know, how did women prepare for this transition and support themselves through it and were supported through it, not just supporting themselves. Um, And it led me to the work that I'm doing now to, you know, Mm -hmm. really emotionally and spiritually hold that space for women throughout their journey. But that whole postpartum almost like remothering the mother, you know, really Mm -hmm. holding her and nourishing her. I would love for you to speak a little bit more about the closing the bones and how you found that was different or not to the Mexican traditional approach, because I had Mm -hmm. that experience with my second and it was a beautiful ceremony. For me, it really brought into context how much continues to stay open if you don't have that, because I didn't have that with my first I definitely felt the difference in my energy. I definitely felt the difference in my own emotions and just the sense of of depletion that I felt after my first birth. Whereas with my second, where I had put a lot of time, energy and investment into paying Mm -hmm. for that support, you know, I don't have any traditional healers in my family, um, (laughs) but I was able to like resource myself and with this research and with this knowledge, be able to find people who were skilled enough to be able to do those things. And it really made a complete difference in my own experience. So for people who haven't had that experience or don't know what that is, could you give a little bit more information? Yeah, of course. Uh, Firstly, like what you said, I agree with totally. And I've seen and heard from lots and lots of women, specifically in the West, who are, you know, suffering literally. And we see the rates of postpartum depression, anxiety, suicide, and all these things. And it's because of the lack of support. Actually, I wrote um, a blog about Katie. She was an 86-year-old lady when I met her 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing how Like to me, it was a bit of a shock because although I'm British and I lived there, I also lived in Morocco. So I had the best of both worlds, let's say. And, but for me, it was a big shock when I met this lady, she was staying in this like residential complex, living on her own completely. And she would complain of the boredom, of the loneliness, and she would smoke nonstop because she said she has nothing else to do. And then I came to find out that, you know, she had a son and grandchildren like right in the same city, just down the road somewhere. And I was in complete shock that I, a stranger, was coming once a week. It was through a charity organization to keep her company. Literally, that was my role. They they wouldn't allow me to do anything, you know, for her, like physically in the house. But they would say, just give her company. Mm-hmm. When her family, you know, were there. And that's what, what I was trying to highlight is that it's not just in the postpartum. It's no. become a way of life. So that's why, you know, a woman gives birth and, you know, who cares? You just, you've just given birth get on with it. And okay, you're an old, yeah, you're an old lady. So what, you know, whatever you live on your own and you fend for yourself where it shouldn't have to be that way. It was not that way, even in the West, but it's just over time and modernization and everything. Things have changed. You know, I was in shock, like, okay, is this how we treat old people? (laughs) And she's like, 
Yeah, she's alone completely. Like, it, it still shocks me. But yeah, we need to have this conversation in all aspects of life so that slowly we can start to fix these things and change them. And I guess her son is not to blame because maybe that's how, that's what he learned and that's what's normal, you know, part of life for them. That, okay, if you're older, it doesn't matter. I was going to say, you know, that's the case in in many other cultures. You know, my father's from the Caribbean mm -hmm. and that has always been that sense of, you know, respecting your elders. The elder people in the community should be the, the wisdom keepers. Like these are the mm -hmm. people who have lived the longest and have the most to share. And especially mm -hmm. the wisdom that they can bring to grandchildren and children of the community. And so the more that I've like leaned into the understanding of what village culture would actually even look like you know like what does that even mm. mean and how how could we repair that when we've been so far removed from that for so long the emphasis of youth in our society the emphasis on productivity means that we've made redundant anybody who's not performing at a particular rate at a particular you know output that is kind of tangible for society and so because mm of capitalism and patriarchy and white supremacy, you know, we can see how that has then prioritized the young working male and the nuclear family over people who are then seen as less valuable to the economy. And that's then what leads to the descent of intergenerational living and the fact that our vulnerable are the ones who should be getting most of our time and most of our attention. And this has been something that has been really a paramount to me growing up with my mum was a single mother my dad returned back to Grenada my brother was born so my mum was mm. a single mother of myself who was three or four at the time and a new baby who had additional needs and she wasn't even sure what those were going to be and there was no support there was no family there was no friends there was no nothing to resource her and I feel like that example of seeing what that struggle was like for her and how much it took for her to provide for us, it really just led me to a path of, of understanding that, you know, there has to be a better way for mothers to experience this journey mm -hmm. and for children to be able to experience their mothers. Because if all you know is struggle and hardship and lack, because your parent is not going to be able to be all things to you at all times, mm. then you're setting up a evolutionary cycle, which is what we're seeing now where people are yearning and they're seeking and they're, they're feeling lost. They're feeling empty. There's higher rates of depression and anxiety. It's like everything is so interconnected. And so I think just by going back to how we honor the the motherhood journey mm -hmm. and and the postpartum mother i think we can begin to restore honor to so much more things and mm -hmm. you know areas in our society that need fixing yeah that's exactly right like everything i teach like i've broken it down into six stages so i say we need to like for the new mom welcome her honor her nourish her nurture her uh, close her and celebrate her so these are like my six stages, which are key. And what I see is like, if we go back to the way things were, where we're showing respect and compassion and care for the new mom, even the children grow up learning that that's normal and that the woman is important and she should be taken care of. So in all aspects of life, so even if the, the woman gets older and she's elderly, 
you learn this way of taking care of people. So as you said, the vulnerable people, they need to be continuously taken care of. Mm. And even as I was mentioning my auntie, so she lost her husband like many, many years ago. She, she got married really young. A few years later, he passed away and she had two children. So maybe in the West, she would, you know, have to fend for herself. Uh, but culturally in our tradition, it's normal that she has that safety net. So of course, immediately without thought, she just goes back to her family's house. She has a place to stay. Her children were taken care of. She didn't even have to go out and work. So my grandfather provided everything, you know, even if you have a low salary, even if you're in poverty, that's not an excuse or a reason. It's okay. Let's see how we can make it work. So it's that culture as a whole where we're supporting each other. And as you said, respecting, welcoming, honoring these women. And so I'll go back a little bit to more of the postpartum and the traditional side. So closing of the bones. The thing is, it's just like one aspect of the whole thing. Like you see in the West, of course, because, you know, we try to get the parts that we can and, and so that we can help women. So closing of the bones has been something that has become popular in the West through mainly the Mexican traditions. Yes. But that's actually a small part of the healing in Mexico or Morocco or, you know, wherever else it's available. So as I mentioned, there's all these different stages. And what I try to tell people is even if closing of the bones is not part of your culture, you can just start with other things. So it's as simple as welcoming the new mom, making sure she does not have to clean, making sure she doesn't have to cook for herself Mm -hmm. and finding ways that who's going to be cooking for this new mother. And then what are they going to be cooking? It's not as simple as just ordering anything or giving her, you know, cold sandwich or a side salad or anything like that. There's specific foods for new moms and this you can find in all other traditional cultures so it's always should be hot warm foods soft easy to digest lots of warming spices uh, never anything cold so all the traditional midwives will say do not give her anything cold because she's already in a cooler state after giving birth so it's like a change from the pregnancy phase where you're in a hotter state and mm-hmm. closed and then you give birth and you're open and you're in a cooler state. So we need to bring back warmth to the body to help heal. So warmth uh, through food, through drinks, and also physically keeping the body warm and not cold. And, and so these are things anyone can do anywhere. And going on, then we, we have like traditional bath where, again, there's lots of warmth and steam and massage going on. Um, and womb steaming as well. We do that as well. So we use lots of traditional herbs and she can have the womb steaming while she's having her bath. And generally the closing of the bones will happen after the bath. So she's, she's being welcomed, she's being honored, she's being nourished all the time, but then she has her bath and usually the closing of the bones comes after that. So that's um, a traditional Moroccan ritual. And closing of the bones is... It's difficult to explain if you haven't experienced it, but it, it's not like a typical massage, but it's, it's a sacred ritual using a traditional cloth. And we're trying to physically and emotionally close the woman back. So we know in pregnancy, the hips start to expand, things are moving and growing. So after birth, we're trying to help her to heal and literally 
closing the bones like even in morocco it's actually called that like closing the bones in in moroccan uh, arabic and so you would lay on your back and then either one woman or two would just go from section to section so starting from your head so they would wrap for like a minute or two and then unwrap and go to the next section going down all the way to your toes mm. and uh when I did the training with a Mexican woman, which I think is important as well with people of the culture, because I knew learning through her, I'm supporting, you know, that culture and I'm learning the authentic ways. Definitely. And it was just from curiosity because I just was like, wow, why Mexico and why Morocco? Because you hear of other um, postpartum traditions from all around the world, you know, like the food, you hear about belly binding, womb steaming, uh, massage. But the closing of the bones, I've heard about it in like in this way in Mexico, some say Ecuador as well. I guess they're really close to each other. And then Morocco all the way in Africa. Yes. So I was like really, really curious, like what's going on? And um, so I went to the workshop, I met the woman and, and it was so, so similar. It was unbelievable. Like literally they, they put the like uh, incense burning, which was the same. They have a bath as well before the closing, but it's mm -hmm. like a, a bath where the new mom is immersed in water and herbs, whereas ours is the Moroccan hammam steam bath. So you're mm -hmm. not actually immersed in water, but you're still getting all the warmth and everything. And then the closing was right after, and, and they use their own traditional cloth. We use our traditional cloth. And the, and the closing style was exactly, almost exactly the same. So That's I was like, amazing. wow, this is really, yeah, it was really, really interesting. And then I was talking to the teacher and she was saying, you know, there's, of course, like people have moved from all around the world and we had lots of the Andalusian people from Spain. They were fleeing Spain. They came to Morocco and we had a lot of Jewish people as well who were fleeing and found like refuge in Morocco. And then a lot of them left. So we were wondering if there was some sort of Connection. mix over. And there's a lot of Mexican people who have, Arab ancestry as well so anyways we didn't get to the bottom of the investigation the ancestors knew that this stuff was important and beneficial that's yeah. exactly how I was going to position it the fact that the rituals kind of come up in different cultures and completely disparate parts of the world like surely that's to me an indication of the alignment that people had with their bodies and mm -hmm. the understanding and the knowledge that came with each transition uh, each passage of life you know the fact that some of those things like womb steaming or yoni steaming like that's a universal that you can see in lots of different cultural practices and so the way that women's bodies and women's wellness has been kind of preserved and, and maintained and, and celebrated in other cultures, it, it makes sense to me that there would be some similarities and, you know, echoing between the two or however many, because our relationship to nature is the same, our, our physiology is the same, and our cycles are the same, you know, the, the process of birth is the same. And so by actually finding the threads of universality between these rituals, I feel like it, it brings that sense of belonging back to every woman, that sense that we, we all have a connection to nature, we all have a connection to the seasons, we all have a connection to our bodies. By allowing ourselves the permission to reintegrate that and remember that, it might not be, you know, in a very obvious way in your direct lineage right now. But my belief is that somewhere along the line, it was there because that feels like such 
such a natural way of honoring the new mother, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So for me, coming from uh, the Caribbean lineage, um, I know that they have particular herbs that they would steam and and get women to use Mm. to close back the uterus and to bring the organs back into alignment. Um, But again, there is this desire for more Western ways of living. And so everybody wants to give birth in a hospital. (laughs) It really gets to me that, you know, there's this desire for what is seen as progress but it's actually like a devolution it's like we're moving further and further away from the things that are really going to support us and nourish us and so I just really honor that you're bringing this knowledge back that was something you had to research yourself it wasn't something that your mother readily handed down to you there was still a disconnection in the line somewhere or in the knowledge somewhere Mm -hmm. that you've still had to repair and bring forth so First of all, thank you. And second of all, just hearing the experience and having not had that truly immersive experience that you've described, like my body just softens and and relaxes (laughs) as I'm here. Because I know what her mum feels like and I know, you know, what what heat does to the body and just the herbs and the aromatics and just all of the spices. It's like, I'm just like, yes, that that makes sense on any day, let alone like when when (laughs) I just had a baby and really need that nourishing and so I wondered you you mentioned that it's a really important and sacred ritual to help close the mother's bones and also to emotionally um, symbolize this closing and this moving into a new identity of sorts I wondered if you could speak to the spirituality of that or why that's even important that's a good question. Well, I think it, it depends, of course, on the person and the region. And I think, again, like Morocco is a place full, full, full of culture, traditions and spirituality. And uh, and luckily, even though, you know, we went through years of uh, colonization from European countries, luckily, our ancestors managed to to keep all these beautiful traditions and rituals for us. And so like in Morocco, like the main religion is uh, Islam. It's, it's interesting because you get a mix of the religion and the culture and then they fuse in together. Mm. So for us, all these kinds of rituals and celebrations and these rites of pat- passage all have an element of spirituality in them. So like you can go to a funeral. The funeral goes according to the religious, you know, uh, methods, mm-hmm. the way, you know, we're buried and the way things go. But then culturally... You have all these beautiful spiritual traditions which come into play. So you have um, in the north, we have this tradition where people will gather and they'll start to recite like prayers. And there's women who are specifically called to come and do that because they know all the prayers and the way to recite them. And people just get like really into it. And you can see it's like a type of healing for, for a lot of people who attend and also for the the people you know who have lost someone and then for the new mom we kind of have the same kind of thing in a way whereas the traditional midwives so they all believe you know that they're blessed from god so they're very humble so they won't just say yeah i'm you know i know all this because i'm just clever or i'm you know (laughs) they will tell you you know i this has been passed either it's been passed down or someone's come into it you know through experience like some of the midwives I've met, they've just literally gave birth and then people knew there was something special about them and they would just call them, come, I'm giving birth, come and help me. 
And then over years, they've served like hundreds or thousands of women. Mm. But they all say like, I have this skill and we have compassion, but God has blessed us with something like they are the vessel to help women. Mm -hmm. So they themselves, you will notice are, are very spiritual. And so whenever they're serving a new mom, you will notice that under their breath, they're always like reciting things, special prayers for the mom, asking like God to heal them. And it, it's like so comforting. If that relates to you, then you automatically feel this sense of relief and comfort. And when the, the Qabla, which is a traditional midwife, was doing that for me, it just felt like really good and I felt like I'm on this new kind of journey mm. and so you get to experience these things and even we have the celebration party for the new mom everyone's probably wondering well, where is the baby no one's talking about I know this. we haven't even mentioned the baby yet <laughs> <Who>? <laughs> the baby who it's like baby just needs to sleep and eat and the good thing is when you have the family around you because it's normally your family there was no sort of like postpartum doula it was the traditional midwife who may come in your postpartum as well for mm -hmm. a week maybe two maximum because that's part of her job as a midwife and it just extends into right. the postpartum but you have family there family are there you know there's lots of women around they can hold the baby they can you know help the mom and and everything is about the new mom of course the celebration party so you know the baby's also a star of the show as well but the new mom is too and and even in the party we we have like this traditional group so in chef Shawin, so the north in the north of morocco it's like the blue pearl they say of africa because it's famous for its blue and whitewashed walls mm. all over the town it's very beautiful small town and my parents were actually born there and they grew up there and all my family is mainly over there and so in this city we have this group of women so they're like a spiritual group of uh, singers and they they attend uh, weddings they attend uh, newborn like celebrations whenever I, I do any retreats in Morocco we bring them there and they're a large group of women and they will just sing lots of different prayers and songs and it's all like a spiritual journey So that's where we're going to pause this first conversation. I don't know about you, but hearing Layla speak about the traditional rituals of nourishment that would have been offered to new mothers in Morocco, I couldn't help but feel a sense of grief. I really believe that this is what we need after birth, holding, mothering, nurturing, and support to rest, recover, and heal. This has been my own motivation for starting this journey, the Soul Mama journey. In part two, we continue learning how Layla is reviving this knowledge to support more postpartum healing. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to www.soulmamajourney.com for more resources, including the Soul Mama blog, the show notes to each episode with links and references to everything mentioned, and for more ways to work with me one-to-one. -one. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at soulmamacoach, for more personal shares and updates and you can email me at nahanda at soulmamajourney.com I so love to hear from you share the love with your friends family and anyone who would benefit from listening to this and if you could take a minute to subscribe rate and review this podcast wherever you've listened to it that really helps more people to discover it thank you I appreciate you stay blessed <laughs>